Welcome to the Big Film Buffet. My name is Jen Fricker and I'm joined by my co-host, Alexi Toliopoulos. Alexi, what are we obsessed with? You and I both caught up with the great old classic this week that's just arrived on Netflix. It is Ang Lee's Eat, Drink, Man, Woman. And we are obsessed with food movies, food on your screens. I watched it just the other day and I'm so rarely inspired to cook. Like when I want to cook, it takes me maybe a day to really work up to it. Decide what I want, go to the shops, get the ingredients, come back. But I watched this film and the way that food is depicted as being so warm and nourishing Mm. and delicious and shared with people you love. As soon as I finished the movie, I like got up and started cooking. I was like, I just need to have this experience in real life. It's one of the most evocative films about food that Mm. I've seen in so long. One of the main characters is losing his sense of taste. What that means as well in terms of what someone's sense of self is. What feelings did this movie stir up in you? Oh, my God, I'm all stirred up hearing you talk about it. You've moved me hearing about your emotional journey. Because I think that, like, part of, like, what the true, like, sumptuous joy of this movie is, is that it captures something that is so unique to what the idea of food movie is. Because it's, like, capturing a technical art form, which is cooking, which is all about, like, process and, like, getting things ready. You've got Ms. On Plus meeting Ms. On Sen, if you will. Please explain that. Okay, Ms. On Plus means everything in its place, which is a cooking term where you, like, prepare little things and then you put them together together to make the whole meal and mise en scene is a filmic term it means everything on the screen and <laughs> i thought of that in the moment and i had to say it i, I had to that. say it alexi why do we love movies about food what is it i think for me at least it is something about a very technical creative art form which is cooking it's all about a process it's about getting things ready it's about putting something together being captured by another creative very technical art form which is film and you know part of it is that cooking looks really cool like mm. it sounds really cool like you to hear uh, something frying it sounds sizzling and you can hear all those cracks and there's bursting it involves so many different colors you hear like the sounds of knives hitting chopping boards and stuff it's so evocative and it's a creative process as well and you know so many great movies are made about artists But I don't think any translate to film as excitingly as cooking does because Mm. it captures so many different senses and they capture so much of like this evocative emotional connection because, you know, everybody eats and everybody loves food. Well, I've met a few people that don't love food and, you know, they're not my kind of person. So I don't even recognize them on the podcast today. Yeah. We got buffet in the freaking title, okay? Yeah. Have a snack and listen to the snack. (laughs) I'm so with you. I think cooking on screen and food on screen is one of those things as well where it's beyond language. Mm. And that's why you can watch food shows where they like travel to a different country and you just watch people cook and be really passionate about what they're making and sharing it with people. It's beyond words. It's the sizzle. It's the color, Mm. sound and that kind of thing that we all have emotional connections to. I don't know. It's always funny. You watch a MasterChef and they're like, this dish is one that my grandmother used to cook me when I was a little 
girl and you're like oh. and those are always the ones that like get me i always start tearing up i'm like ah. and it's just like yeah. it could just be butter on toast and i'm like yeah i think you're so right because like you know we're introduced to food through the family it's got like such like a cultural connection and a familial bond as well i think that's so part of like what makes these such resonant stories on the screen eat drink man woman that's such like an insight into not just like the process of making a meal but the process itself is about upholding like a traditional chinese culture through the food as well so it's just so resonant so evocative and i think that's partly why i get so obsessed with food movies they create everything that you need so simply and mm. so sensationally if you will as well this i feel like is so perfect for you alexi because you are a great cook and you wow. love movies, so I feel like there's no better person to talk about this. Yes, I am a freaking gourmand, okay, yes. guys? I'm a gourmand. I love to eat, I love to cook, and anything in between, I'm into it as well. He devours cinema. <laughs> one of my dreams is to eat a big reel of celluloid one day. Hell yeah, brother. What are some other food movies you love, Alexi? Well, my big comfort movie that I watch all the time, John Favreau's Chef. Yes, I love I that love film. Chef. Oh my god, isn't it just one of the greats? I feel like it's so underrated. It is, but people make fun of me that I love that movie, Chef, and I go, are you kidding me? It's got gorgeous food scenes. You can learn recipes just from watching it. John Favreau is freaking cool in it. I actually really like him as an actor, yeah. okay? So give me a break on that. And do you know what that movie taught me as well? Is mm-hmm. that when you're heating a pan, and you yep. just get a bit of water and you sprinkle it on. And if it Ooh. sizzles, it's ready. It's ready to go. Oh, that sizzle. That's one of the senses that it touches. Yes. That's like a real comfort movie for me. Like I find it like such an emotional journey. It's all about like that family connection as well. Mm. But also someone reinvigorating their creativity in a way that's so evocative. And what is like bonus reading for me is... I love that chef series on Netflix where it's like him outside of character as himself and you're seeing like how he's developed Mm. as a chef himself to see him like go and still be willing to learn in the series. I'm going to start crying talking about it. (laughs) I love it. I love chefs so much. What's one that you really get into? Well, generally, I feel like my comfort food movies are like the Studio Ghibli movies. Oh but my gosh. Specifically yep. one that like makes me really hungry is Spirited Away. <gasps> oh my gosh. I would turn into a piglet for that movie any day of the week. The way eating is depicted in those Yes. It's like there's something really magical and light about it. There's something so innocent about it. Like it's purely just consumption because it's like delicious and warm Mm. and I don't know I get so hungry when I think about those films yeah I was trying to think about like why animated food itself is something that looks so tantalizing like Mm. better than the real thing yeah and I think I've only been able to come up with like a philosophical answer which is like that idea of like idealism there's no such thing as a perfect tree or a perfect pork roll if you will yeah or perfect steamed bun yeah but in your mind there is that perfect steamed bun totally and the only way you can do it is by drawing it yes and then when you're watching it you're never thinking about the worst steamed Uh bun you've ever had you're only ever thinking about the best one. You're thinking about the ideal steamed bun. The platonic ideal of food. A food scene I always think about is 
Marie Antoinette, Ooh. the Sofia Coppola film. Yeah. And, you know, she's obviously Marie Antoinette, princess in this beautiful mm-hmm. French castle. And there's just like beautiful cakes and teas and everything, champagne. And like, in reality, of course, that would be awful <laughs> because you would be so <laughs> ill all the time. Yeah. yeah. But just the stylizing of it and the colors and the delicacy of it all. Yeah. There's like a frilly pastelness to everything that feels like an elegant cupcake or something yes. with a little glacé cherry on top. Like, remember when everyone was obsessed with macarons for a bit? Oh, my gosh, yes. I probably ate 40,000 in one year. Yeah, and they were like every challenge on every cooking show was a macaron. But, mm-hmm. like, macarons suck in real life. Oh, my God. I could not disagree more. What? This is our first fight, Jen, that we're building up to. How can you the like macarons? The chewiness, the crispiness, the creminess of the center. That's what friendship is, though. It's meeting people where they're at and accepting them and loving them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do love you anyway, even Aww, if you don't like a macaron. I love you too, Alexi. All right, how about we, like, put together a menu <gasps> from, like, our favorite foods from wow. movies? This is an absolute dream. For your starter, a food mm-hmm. from a movie, what would you go with? Okay, it's a gorgeous scene. I'm thinking about the fried egg sandwich, the BLT from Spanglish that Adam Sandler prepares. He plays a chef in the movie. Mm. He makes this perfect fried egg on it. He slices it in half, and then that yolk does runneth away from the sandwich, okay? I think it was one of my first memories. I would have seen this movie when it came out. I would have been 13. Mm. And I don't remember anything from my life before that moment. It's when I switched on. Oh, my God. Jen, what is your appetizer for this? You know the egg sandwich that Harley Quinn has (gasps) in Birds of Prey? That was my backup. Yes! Oh, my gosh. It basically kicks off, like, half the story is her, like, not being able to eat her egg sandwich. It's a glorious filmic moment. She's buying it from a bodega. She's, mm-hmm. like, used the last of her money to buy it. She's having a bad time. It's her ultimate comfort food. And then when she's denied it, oh, my gosh. It's, like, one of the great tragedies of the film. Okay, what about for your main? The main event, the big old feast on the center of the table there's a movie called Dinner Rush, which is not a very well-known food movie, but I really love it. It's got Danny Aiello in it, and it's kind of a great restaurant film. He's a restaurateur. There's a mafia element. Of course, there's a gangster movie. I love it. But it's cool because there's all these layers to it in like how the kitchen works, how the dining room works. But the chef in this Italian restaurant is experimental, and he makes this meal lobster with vanilla shallot champagne sauce and fried angel hair pasta what and the way that he plates it up it's all like a tower pointing up so it's got the two lobster heads pointing up and this deep fried angel hair pasta kind of growing out of it with this sauce poured on top and around it and i've never been able to imagine what it tastes like Mm. so i'm putting that as my main just simply because you know daddy gotta know daddy gotta know what's your main Oh, my God. I feel like just a general movie dish that I've mm-hmm. never had in real life, but I would like to try is Duck L'Orange. You know what? I actually think Duck L'Orange may be in a food movie. I've got a feeling it might be one that you like. Mm. A Duck L'Orange, the famous recipe, is from Julia Child. Of course. Yes, because she's all about the mastery of French cuisine. Mm-hmm. I've never really cooked a lot of French cuisine, so it just seems like very complicated and fancy. 
Well, you gotta go Julie and Julia style and start a blog of you doing all these old recipes. Yes. And then we'll make the movie. Oh my goodness. It'll be Julie and Julia and Genevieve. And Alexi. Oh, thank you for involving me. <laughs> yeah, of thank course. you so much. Of course. <laughs> okay, what about for your movie dessert? I think this is the toughest one, dude, because there's so many desserts out there in movies i think it's the most represented course Mm. in cinema history Mm -hmm. but i had to go with the same rule that i applied to my main course i needed to try something that i can only imagine what it would taste like and a movie that i've loved my entire life that has a fantastic food scene in it is steven spielberg's hook where peter joins the lost boys for that food fight yes and like all the plates are empty and then Peter eventually believes he's doing it, Peter. You're imagining. And he sees the feast laid before him. And on that table, there is like a multicolored rainbow mousse, like a very light, fluffy, creamy mousse. Yes, yes, yes. And that's like one of the foods that gets splattered in faces. And I just need to know what flavor that is. (laughs) It's been a lifelong mission of mine to find out the flavor of that (laughs) mousse. I mean, in my mind, it's white chocolate. In my mind, it is not. In my mind, it is kiwi. It is gold. It is heaven. It is oil. It is sin. And it is praise. (laughs) I got to know what your dessert is. What's your sweet treat at the end of this feast? I think for me, a dessert that has stuck with me through childhood. I remember watching this movie when I was really young and being like, that looks like the most delicious dessert I've ever seen in my life is the chocolate cake from Matilda. Wow. You just sent me to heaven. The Trunchbull pulls it out Mm -hmm. and she makes this poor boy feast on it. And at Mm -hmm. first it's humiliating, but then he's triumphant. He finishes the whole thing. He licks the plate. Wow. And it's because it's so delicious. There is something about it where it is its own unique form, its own unique state of being. You could touch it and you don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. The cake is a mystery. Exactly. That's the world that's created by Roald Dahl, where you Mm -hmm. look at everyday things and you see the magical potential. And, you know, Roald Dahl, he's nothing to sniff at, dude. The guy did Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. The guy did the world's biggest peach and James and the Giant Peach. Oh, yeah. And yet it is the cake from Matilda that we go back to. Alexi, we have to go eat something. I Mm. can't sit here and talk about food anymore. I need to go eat something. It is the curse of a snack. It didn't fill me up. Now I must gorge myself. It is the curse of working on a podcast called The Big Film Buffet. Pull up a seat. Pull out a knife. Pull out a fork. Put on a little bib with a lobster on it. Oh, my gosh. I want a lobster bib so bad. Me too. Okay, we should go get some. 